When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deb Bat. Who am I? I'm Deb Valentine. You know, we're all semi-comatose this morning, but I'm Deb Valentine. Here's your top five at five. This, This is the top five at five. All right. Yes, I can speak for a living. New York's governor promising a new era for New York in our State of the State speech Wednesday. And we will tell you all about Kathy Hochul's blueprint for the state of New York. Former President Trump will likely respond aggressively to this. The White House says President Biden will attack Trump as being singularly responsible for the January 6th riot during his one year anniversary speech today. Well, Russia's on notice. The U.S. and Germany are aligning. It's all over Russia's military buildup at the Ukraine border. Flyers, take note. A major airline reporting pilot errors from rusty personnel out for extended periods, all because of COVID-19. NASCAR lets go Brandon sponsorship deal. It has been nixed, even though it was previously okay, given the green light. So a new era for New York, the theme of New York Governor Kathy Hochul during her State of the State speech yesterday. What I am proposing is a whole new era for New York. And the days of governors disregarding the rightful role of this legislature are over. The days of the governor of New York and the mayor of New York City wasting time on petty rivalries are over. The days of New Yorkers questioning whether their government is actually working for them are over. Now, Hochul, of course, took over for disgraced former Governor Andrew Cuomo. He was forced to resign. You'll remember last August amid a sexual harassment scandal. Hochul wore a suffragette white outfit for her speech. Of course, she is the first female to serve as New York's governor. She outlined plans to do things like deliver tax relief and boost spending on health care workers, education and climate friendly green initiatives. But she did steer clear of ongoing controversies over things like bail reform and her coronavirus vaccine and mask mandates. Well, today's date is, of course, January 6th. It marks the one year anniversary of the U.S. Capitol riot. Former President Donald Trump canceled his planned presser for today down at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. But President Joe Biden and VP Kamala Harris plan to give their speeches today anyway. Biden expected actually to call out Trump as the singular responsibility behind the January 6th riot. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says Biden will hold Trump responsible for the chaos and carnage of the day. The president is going to speak to the truth of what happened, not the lies that some have spread since, and the peril opposed to the rule of law and our system of democratic governance. He will also speak to the work we still need to do to secure and strengthen our democracy and our institutions to reject the hatred and lies we saw on January 6th and to unite our country. 
So till now, the Biden administration has actually been reluctant to directly discuss Trump in connection with the January 6th riot. Biden and VP Harris will speak today in Statutory Hall in the Capitol building down in Washington, D.C. I'll turn it up the heat on Russia all over its buildup at Ukraine's border. The U.S. and Germany are aligning against Russia, sending a message to Russia that its military buildup near the Ukraine border poses an immediate and urgent challenge to European security. Russia has threatened military measures, and the U.S. says if it invades, then it will hit back with sanctions on an unprecedented scale. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and German Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbach met yesterday down in D.C. Now, their meeting comes ahead of a flurry of meetings which are planned next week and all involve NATO foreign ministers, senior U.S. and Russian officials, the NATO-Russia Council and the Organization for Security and Cooperation in New York. A little background on this for you. Ukrainians, you might remember, actually deposed their pro-Russian president. That was back in 2014 and is now a democratic republic with a multi-party system. Moscow is now demanding guarantees that Ukraine will never join NATO and the Western alliance. Well, if you have airline tickets, this might be a little scary if you are flying. Australia's largest airline... Qantas says pilots returning to work after months and months of being away due to COVID-19 have actually been making errors. So according to an internal memo from the airline, some pilots have reportedly commenced takeoff with the parking brake still on. And they're also making mistakes like misidentifying altitude and airspeed. A spokesperson for Qantas says more training and time in simulators could resolve these issues. Well, we're all familiar with the Let's Go Brandon chant and now a NASCAR sponsorship deal inspired by the anti-Joe Biden chant, Let's Go Brandon, has been rejected after the racing circuit allegedly gave prior okay. Now, according to Brandon Built Motorsports, officials flip-flopped on that deal. What would have happened had it been okay? It would have seen team driver Brandon Brown racing a car sponsored by LGB coin that course a cryptocurrency let's go brand of course became a euphemism for f joe biden something of course we cannot actually say on the radio after a reporter mistook nascar fans profane chorus against biden for pro brown chants brandon you also told me hear the chants from the the crowd let's go brandon told me you were going to kind of hang back those stages and just watch and learn what but Brandon Built Motorsports claims it got the okay from NASCAR. That was back on December 26th. And a NASCAR source actually told the DailyMail.com that Brandon Built Sports was told during an in-person meeting in November that no derogatory euphemisms are actually permitted. All right. 77 WABC time check 507. A time for a look at traffic with Susie Cerrone. Uh, uh, all right. I guess uh, Susie's out there checking traffic right now. So we will move on to your weather and hopefully Susie will be along momentarily. All right. Taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We do have a little bit of snow to tell you about in our forecast. A mostly sunny day today. So it will be nice ahead of the anticipated snowfall. Today's high is 38. The wind chill will make it feel colder, though. The wind chill value between 25 and 35 degrees. Now tonight, the snow comes along. 
about one to two inches of snow is in the forecast. There's actually a 90 percent chance of precipitation. So pretty likely this is going to come along pretty much after 1 a.m. overnight. The overnight low 26. So it will be cold enough to snow and right now we have a reading of just above freezing at 34 degrees. Well, if you are wondering what the latest COVID-19 numbers are, they remain high, but they are in fact ticking on a downward trend. Now, figures for this Tuesday of this week show record levels dropping from a million in one single day here in the United States. Daily new cases remain near record levels Tuesday. Here's a number. 869,187 new infections were recorded. But as I said, it is going down. That marked a 114% increase from a week ago on a seven-day rolling average. Now, as for deaths, they remained relatively low at 2,384, a 13% decline on the week on a rolling average basis, too. Here's CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Based on CDC genomic sequencing, we now estimate that Omicron represents about 95% of cases in the country and Delta represents the remaining 5% of the cases. All right. So while cases remain very high at record levels, they are on the decline compared to a week ago. Many model projects actually show that cases will peak before the end of this month and then fall as the wave simply burns out. And meanwhile, the CDC also opted yesterday not to require a negative test to end its new five-day isolation period. So we followed numerous areas of science in making this important decision. One, of course, was how the virus behaves. How much virus do you still have that you could potentially transmit after five days? And we generally know that most of your transmission potential happens in those one to two days before you have symptoms in those two to three days after. All right, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky there again. So the isolation period for asymptomatic individuals now down from 10 to 5 days. No negative test required to end that new five-day isolation period. Of course, today marks the one-year anniversary of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Now, there's a new poll out, and it finds that Most Americans think that events similar to January 6th will take place over the next couple of years. Nearly two-thirds of the respondents to this poll say the events of that day have changed how Americans think about democratic government. Now, this poll was done by Axios. It's an Axios Momentive survey. It found that 57% of Americans, including 47% of Republicans and 70% of Democrats believe something like the storming of the U.S. Capitol will happen again in the coming years. And while the numbers are broken down by party, 47% of self-declared Republicans say they had lost faith compared to just 28% of Democrats. Well, yet another poll finds that only 9% of voters for former President Donald Trump believe that President Joe Biden actually won the 2020 election fair and square. Now, this is a YouGov Yahoo poll. So according to that poll, three quarters of voters believe the election was rigged and stolen. Last January, even as a mob of Trump supporters breached the U.S. Capitol, more of them had believed that Biden won fairly, 13%. 
All right. A majority of Trump voters, actually 52 percent in this poll, believe the next election will be rigged. While Republican led states have pushed forward on election security bills, Congress has actually shifted its focus from the Build Back Better social spending plan to focus on moving through voting rights legislation. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, of course, a Democrat from New York, has threatened to use a filibuster proof nuclear option where Dems would only need a simple majority to push through voting legislation. Well, as we know, President Biden actually spending most weekends at his home in Delaware. He actually usually leaves the White House Friday about midday and doesn't return until about midday on Monday. And now White House Press Secretary, of course, Jen Psaki says Biden thinks he actually needs even more downtime. Yeah, I know the president doesn't have public events today. He does have a number of uh, meetings with uh policy teams, uh, and that's often what he's doing behind the scenes. If you if he were standing here today, which I know he's always invited, is what you guys will say, but he would say we never give him any free time or any time to think, um, and that is probably true. All right, so as we know, Biden's 79 years old. Now, he is the oldest person to ever serve as president of the United States. He usually leaves Washington, D.C. Fridays, returning to the White House midday Mondays. He spent more than one quarter of his time at his home in Delaware. Well, there has been yet another staff exodus from, yes, you guessed it, Vice President Kamala Harris's staff. So this latest Harris aide to leave Vince Evans, he's leaving to join the Congressional Black Caucus. Evans' departure follows a flurry of staff departures from Harris's office amid reports of a toxic work environment and a bully mentality from the VP. Now, according to a new USA Today Suffolk University poll that was out Tuesday, Harris's job approval rating is at a dismal 32 percent. Harris's former chief spokesperson, Simone Sanders, left at the end of 2021, but Harris insists there was no animosity. I love Simone. I love Simone. And, I'm, and I can't wait to see what she will do next. And I know that it's been a, you know, it's been three years of a lot of jumping on and off planes and going around the country. And she works very hard and I can't wait to see what she'll do next. So Sanders actually defended Harris in an interview, which was published Monday in her hometown newspaper, Omaha World Herald, claiming it was the honor of her life to serve the VP. All right. Well, a year after the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol, the FBI is still hunting for 350 Capitol rioters. And uh, agents are looking actually for 250 people which were captured on video who allegedly assaulted police. Another 100 tied to the riot, too. The FBI also hunting for a suspect who actually planted bombs right near the DNC and RNC headquarters. This unidentified person caught on video but was wearing a hoodie and a mask, and the government estimates about 2,500 people actually took part in the January 6th attack. More than 700 people so far have been charged. All right, time check is 5.15, and that means it's time to head over to Justin Ellick with your update on sports. Morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. Thank you very much. Happy Thursday. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. The Nets were in Indiana last night to take on the Pacers. A familiar face returned to action and helped propel the Nets to victory as star point guard Kyrie Irving made his season debut to the tune of 22 points on 9 for 17 shooting. Irving missed the Nets' first 35 games due to not being vaccinated. The 29-year-old still has yet to get the jab, but will continue to play exclusively in road games for the Nets moving forward. 
The Knicks caught a breather last night, but welcome the Boston Celtics to town this evening. That tip is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Let's move over to the ice where both the Devils and Rangers were off last night. The Devils will be back in New Jersey tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern for their matchup with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the Rangers are in Vegas getting ready for their 10 p.m. Eastern time face-off with the Golden Knights. Some news from that developing Antonio Brown Tampa Bay Buccaneers story. As Brown released a lengthy statement yesterday telling his side of the story, the veteran wideout is claiming that he was forced to play through an ankle injury that will require surgery. Brown's statements have some merit as an MRI on Monday revealed broken bone fragments, a ligament torn from the bone, and cartilage loss. The now-free agent also accused the Buccaneers of mischaracterizing his outburst on the field as a mental health issue rather than a refusal to play due to pain. So did the team actually release him? He's actually formally released now? Yeah, I mean, as far as the head coach goes, if he says to the press that he's no longer on the team, I guess, you know, you got to stand by your head coach and... And make that call. I'm not sure if it's official if they've actually, you know, filled out the the proper paperwork, mm-hmm. so to so to speak. But um, but yeah, he will not play another game. You think any other team would dare pick him up? Listen, he's very talented. Um, you know, and back just a few years ago, he was still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And when he's on the top of his game, he can still impact the game, uh, you know, pretty heavily. So if I'm a team and he seems like he's uh, mentally there and physically there. You know, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a few teams, a handful of teams, take a shot on him or try uh, to take a shot. Sounds like more drama to come. Exactly. So uh, we'll see if the Buccaneers feel a need to respond to Brown's statements. They have yet to do so. Uh, they were approached for statement yesterday, but they, uh, they uh, refused to make a statement as of yet. The Australian Open is set to begin on January 17th, and perhaps tennis's biggest star may not be in attendance. Novak Djokovic was denied entry into Australia yesterday because he failed to meet the requirements for an exemption due to COVID-19 vaccination rules. The top-ranked men's tennis player in the world has launched a challenge in Australia's federal circuit court, but his hearing has been adjourned until Monday. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, Justin, we've got a little bit of snow in the forecast. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Enjoy today's mostly sunny day. Our high is up to 38. Tonight, the snow is expected to come along a 90% chance of precipitation with one to two inches of snow forecast. It's expected to start falling after 1 a.m. The low overnight is 26 right now, around the uh, 34 degree mark, so still above freezing. Time check is 518 here at 77 WABC, and that is time for your business report with Frank Diaz. Morning, Frank. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Well, you know, <laughs> it's Thursday. It's little little Friday. And, or, and we all get up at what, like uh, 11 o'clock at night, well, usually, midnight? I got up at 8 o'clock, and then I watched Terminator for three hours. So, you know, and then uh, then I started getting ready to get here. All right, I got up at midnight. So I should, but eh, I'm a, I'm a I, I think we're all a little bit tired. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> we're, we're, we've got the early news. No, we, we're, it's all right. It's all right. Well, U.S. stock futures muted in early morning trading today after the major U.S. stock averages fell sharply in the first losing regular trading session of the year. Futures on the Dow Jones shed six points or about 0.02 percent. The S&P 500 futures dropped about 0.05 percent higher, actually. And the Nasdaq 100 futures gained about 0.02 percent. Minutes from the Federal Reserve's December meeting revealed the central bank discussed reducing its balance sheet and another move to aggressively dial back its pandemic era 
easy monetary policy. Well, if you're a small business and you like to use those apps like Venmo and PayPal to do your transactions, well, you know, expect to pay a little bit more money probably. The IRS is cracking down on payments made through the third-party apps and uh, telling you that you have to report transactions if they exceed $600 in one year. The new reporting requirement will ensure that small businesses that receive payments through those apps are paying their fair share in taxes on them. Beginning January 1st, third-party payment processes were required to report such transactions, though businesses were always required to self-report some incomes to the IRS. Many often did not keep record of those smaller transactions because, you know, it's a few hundred dollars here and there, not big numbers, obviously. The payment apps were previously required to send users that 1099K form if their gross income exceeded $20,000 or they had more than 200 transactions per year. Well, if you're a fan of David Bowie, listen to this. The extensive music catalog of Starman, stretching from the late 60s just to just before his death in 2016, has been sold to Warner Chapel Music. More than 400 songs, among them hits like Space Odyssey, Ziggy Stardust, and Fame. Uh, 26 Bowie studio albums released during his lifetime, his posthumous studio album release Toy, two studio albums from his supergroup Tin Machine, as well as tracks released as singles from soundtracks and other projects are included. Financial details of the sale were not released. Warner Chapel, obviously the music publishing wing of Warner Music Group, they pretty much own everything music related that you can think of. If you remember, the boss, Bruce Springsteen, sold his catalog to Sony Music last month for reportedly $500 million. Among others that have sold their catalogs recently, in part or in its entirety, Bob Dylan, Neil Young, and Stevie Nicks. So a lot of heavy hitters. All cash in, Frank. <laughs> they, I guess you know they're they're just like, hey, you know, might as well. Well, that that whole group of individuals, though, they're all like 60s, 70s. Yeah, now, so they want their legacy to be, you know, not lost if something drastic were to happen. I I assume I'm not, you know, I, I can't I can't speak for them, obviously, but you know. All right, more business with Frank coming up around a quarter of the hour, and Justin will be back too with your sports. And uh, Eric Adams, of course, during his campaign, you'll remember for mayor, uh, promised to fight crime and reduce crime here in the city, which, of course, is at record levels, according to 2021 stats. So now is Adams breaking that campaign promise to fight and reduce crime? Now, what's happened here is that Adams has come out in support of the city's new district attorney, Alvin Bragg. Under Bragg's new policies, Bragg has ordered staff not to seek prison for most crimes and also to downgrade felony charges and things like armed robberies and drug dealing. Uh, I believe that he's going to be a good district attorney and I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with him as we build out uh, what we need to do around public safety so that we're all on the same page. And so I I think that he's focused on doing that, and I think he's on team public safety. So Bragg has issued a sweeping policy. His memo was sent out Monday seeking prison time for homicide and a limited number of other charges. He's also vowing to downgrade many felonies. Now, that includes cases of armed robbery and refusing to prosecute many low-level offenses. Now, as of Thursday, New York City had recorded 481 murders fueled by an increase in gun crime. Last time the city hit more than 500 murders was 2011, and that was under then-Mayor Michael Bloomberg when homicides actually ticked up to 515. So 
Well, speaking of Bragg's new policies, Manhattan shopkeepers are expressing fear and anger that his new policies will only serve to embolden small-time crooks, putting them in harm's way. Of course, this comes as well as calls for bail reform changes up in Albany, New York. Mata Wade is owner of a clothing and food store in Harlem and told the New York Post he and others believe this is a very serious situation. The other businesses here you were just mentioning, why did they close? No, they, 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 no, they closed because they're too early. They open later. Later when they open, but early, no. And why don't they open early? Because, you know, if they, they slow that the people come in, attack you for nothing. So they're scared. Yes, that's why we get scared. All right, so business owners are worried. Bragg now in that policy memo argued that reserving incarceration for matters involving significant harm will make us safer. Now, one of the aims is to significantly reduce pretrial detention, reserving it only for very serious cases. Well, a man who lost his dad in a New York nursing home due to COVID-19 policies under disgraced New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is slamming the Manhattan DA for dropping its probe into the disgraced governor. What I would say to the new DA is start out with why was the strategy of the Cuomo administration to send positive patients to nursing homes as the only strategy rather than the absolute last All right, that's Peter Arabini, who appeared on Fox and Friends yesterday. Former DA Cyrus Vance Jr. dropped the investigation on his last day in office, and new DA Bragg has not had any comment on it. Fox News senior meteorologist Janice Dean, who has been very vocal about this, she lost her in-laws in a nursing home that was impacted by New York's order. And she says she thinks that there was a deal made before Governor Cuomo actually resigned. And even more in the love, Gov, two of former Governor Cuomo's accusers are reacting to the dropping of an inappropriate touching charge by ex-staffer Brittany Camisso. Now, Camisso's not the one who has dropped that complaint. It's the Albany District Attorney's Office. Fellow Cuomo accusers Alyssa McGrath and Virginia Lamedes said that through their attorney, that while they were disappointed in the outcome, they were not surprised. McGrath, during her testimony, alleged a toxic work environment in the governor's office under the Cuomo administration. On the one hand, he makes all this inappropriate and creepy behavior normal and like you should not complain. On the other hand, you see people get punished and screamed at if you do anything where you disagree with him or his top aides. I really just wanted to go to work and be recognized for my work and nothing else. So Cuomo has denied ever inappropriately touching anybody. Now, according to the New York Times, McGrath, who was a former administrative assistant, alleged Cuomo called her and another co-worker, Mingle Mamas, asked about her lack of a wedding ring, did things allegedly like look down her shirt, quizzed her about her marital situation, and even kissed her on her forehead. Well, that highly controversial bill, you've heard so much about it here on 77 WABC, which would extend voting rights to non-New York City citizens, non-New York City residents, may actually not wind up seeing the light of day. 
New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, says he's not ruling out his veto of that bill, but he doesn't have much time to do this. It actually would go into effect this Saturday. The bill would allow roughly 800,000 green card holders and immigrants with certain work visas to vote in local elections, municipal elections here in New York City. It passed the New York City Council December 9, 33 to 14. By a vote of 33 in the affirmative, 14 in the negative, and two abstentions, intro 1867A is hereby adopted. Congratulations, Councilmember Rodriguez. Now, under former Mayor Bill de Blasio, he never signed it before leaving office, but it was passed under his administration. A council bill automatically becomes law 30 days after it is passed by the New York City Council, unless a mayor vetoes it. And based on that timeline, Adams has till just Saturday to veto it. Well, new Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman plans to turn up the heat on state lawmakers to axe a controversial law that eliminated cash bail for certain crimes. Blakeman, of course, a Republican. Now, he said during his inaugural address as Nassau's top official that he'll join with new DA and Donnelly and law enforcement officials to turn up the heat on Democrats who control the state legislature to repeal the Bail Reform Act. I will be happy to join with our new district attorney, Annie Donnelly, and our law enforcement professionals to go to Albany and demand the repeal of the Bail Reform Act. And, of course, Donnelly beat State Senator Todd Kaminsky, a former federal prosecutor, by 20 percentage points in the Nassau County DA's race. And uh, that, of course, uh, back in November. And a little bit of an update for you on the Ghislaine Maxwell case, a possible mistrial. Defense attorneys for Maxwell say they have in control of in control in, you know, it's early in controversial uh, grounds for a mistrial. Now, Scotty David is a juror in the trial. He was one of the 12 men and women who convicted Maxwell on five out of six counts in Brooklyn Federal Court. Now, he revealed in an interview with the Daily Mail that he has a history of being sexually abused, but he didn't put that on the questionnaire for jurors. So that is why uh, that uh, Maxwell's defense attorneys may possibly seek this mistrial now. Here's David speaking to the DailyMail.com. In not really knowing much, but now, after what all I've learned, she's just as guilty as Epstein. She's also, I don't want to call her a monster, um, a predator is the right word. So now the DailyMail.com says that the U.S. Attorney General has actually requested an investigation into David, who you just heard there. All right, 77 WABC time check, 530. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, mostly sunny day or high 38, snow overnight, maybe one to two inches below 26. We'll be back with more news, sports, weather, and business right after the break. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine. Here's your top five at 530. Well, New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, promising a new era for New York in her State of the State speech yesterday. We'll tell you all about her blueprint for the state. Former President Trump will likely respond aggressively to this. The White House says President Biden will attack Trump as being singularly responsible for the January 6th riot during his one-year anniversary speech today. Now, Russia's on notice. The U.S. and Germany are aligning. It's all over Russia's military buildup at the Ukraine border. 
Well, the flyers take note, a major airline reporting pilot errors from rusty personnel out for extended periods due to COVID. And a NASCAR Let's Go Brandon sponsorship deal. It is off, even though it was previously given the green light. A new era for New York. The theme of New York Governor Kathy Hochul during her State of the State speech yesterday. What I am proposing is a whole new era for New York. In the days of governors disregarding the rightful role of this legislature are over. The days of the governor of New York and the mayor of New York City wasting time on petty rivalries are over. The days of New Yorkers questioning whether their government is actually working for them are over. All right, Hochul wore a white suffragette outfit for her speech yesterday. She is, of course, the first woman to deliver a state-of-the-state address in New York. Among Hochul's plans to deliver tax relief and boost spending on health care workers, education, and climate-friendly green initiatives. She did steer clear, though, for those ongoing controversies, things like bail reform in her coronavirus vaccine and mask mandates. Well, today's date, of course, January 6th, the one-year anniversary of the U.S. Capitol riot. Former President Donald Trump calling his planned presser offer today. It was planned down at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden and VP Kamala Harris planned speeches today anyway. Biden actually expected to call out Trump as being singularly responsible behind the January 6th riot. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says Biden will hold Trump responsible for the chaos and carnage of that day. The president is going to speak to the truth of what happened, not the lies that some have spread since, and the peril opposed to the rule of law and our system of democratic governance. He will also speak to the work we still need to do to secure and strengthen our democracy and our institutions to reject the hatred and lies we saw on January 6th and to unite our country. All right. So the Biden administration has till now been reluctant to directly discuss the former president's role in the January 6th riot. Biden and Vivi Harris will speak today in the Capitol building. Well, turning up the heat on Russia, it's all over its buildup at Ukraine's border. Both the U.S. and Germany now aligning against Russia, sending a message to Russia that its military buildup near the Ukraine border poses an immediate and urgent challenge to European security. Russia has threatened military measures, and the U.S. says if it invades, then it'll hit back with sanctions on an unprecedented scale. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and German's Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbach met Wednesday in Washington. Their meeting comes amid a flurry of meetings that are planned for next week. And next week's meetings will involve NATO foreign ministers, senior U.S. and Russian officials, the NATO-Russia Council and the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. Ukrainians deposed their pro-Russian president back in 2014 and is now a democratic republic with a multi-party system. Well, this news might be a little scary if you are flying. Australia's largest airline, Qantas, says pilots are actually returning to work after months away due to COVID-19 pandemic protocols. And they've actually been making errors now. According to an internal memo from the airline, some pilots have reportedly commenced takeoff with things like the parking brake still on, and they're making mistakes like misidentifying altitude and airspeed. So a spokesperson for the airline says things like more training and time in simulators could resolve these issues. 
Well, a NASCAR a sponsorship deal that was inspired by the anti-Joe Biden chant, Let's Go, Brandon, has been rejected now after the racing circuit allegedly gave okay. According to Brandon Built Motorsports, officials have flip-flopped on this deal. Now, it would have seen team driver Brandon Brown racing a car sponsored by LGB Coin, a cryptocurrency. Of course, Let's Go Brandon became a euphemism for a word I can't say on the radio, F. Joe Biden, after a reporter mistook NASCAR fans' profane course against Biden for pro-Brown chants. Brandon, you also told me, hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Told me you were going to kind of hang back those stages and just watch and learn what. So Brandon built Motorsports claims that got the okay from NASCAR on December 26. A NASCAR source told the DailyMail.com. Then Brandon built Sports was told during an in-person meeting back in November that no derogatory euphemisms are actually permitted. All right, 77 WABC time check 537. Time for a check on the roads and the rails with Susie Cerrone. Nope, it's me. <laughs> oh, who? Oh, who are you? I know, really. Oh, my God, Joe Nolan is back. Yeah, no, I'm back. We I didn't was forget sick you, and, Joe. And, uh, you know, I had, I had the time off of Christmas, and then we were all sick here in my house. And now oh, I'm, no. I'm actually still sick, but here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm On back. the mend, and here you are. Because that's just me. Southern State, Westbound Peninsula Boulevard, an accident off on the shoulder on the westbound on the Southern State at the Bell Parkway ramp restrictions and accident. Also, we have some delays as you travel out onto Route 46 in Elmwood Park at 5th Street. All lanes are closed with an earlier accident on mass transit. Everybody running right on or close and alternate side of the street. Parking rules and regulations once again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right. Glad to have you back, Joe Nolan. Mostly sunny day today or high up to 38. The wind chill even colder, though, between 25 and 35 degrees. We will have some snow in the forecast for you overnight. There's actually a 90% chance of precipitation comes along mainly after 1 a.m. The low overnight is 26 right now in the low 30s. Well, Republican Senate Minority Leader, of course, Mitch McConnell, is blasting Democratic Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York. It's all over Schumer's desire to get rid of the filibuster rule to pass voting rights bills. Now, here's McConnell, the Kentucky Republican and former Senate leader. Genuine radicalism. They want to turn the Senate into the House. They want to make it easy to fundamentally change the country. So after Democrats, a little bit of background on this, won back the White House in 2020, GOP-run states like Georgia and Arizona have pushed back and made things like mail-in voting more difficult. And House Dems have passed two voting bills, but they've been stuck in the Senate as 60 votes, of course, are needed to overrule a GOP-led filibuster. Now, the Senate, of course, split 50-50 between Dems and the GOP with Democratic VP Harris, of course, uh, the tie-breaking vote. Now, Schumer has pitched changing the rules so there's a carve-out for the voting rights bill, though he is getting resistance from moderate Democrat Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. He needs every single Democratic senator to support that move. All right. Meanwhile, new report says President Joe Biden intends to restart negotiations on Build Back Benner with Senator Manchin after a cooling off period. Manchin, of course, promised his no vote. And that, of course, has stalled the current version of Democrats one point seven five trillion dollar Build Back Better bill. 
Now, what Manchin actually told reporters Tuesday was, no, there are no negotiations going on at this time to get him to try and change his vote. There's different uh, concerns that we have right now that we haven't had for a while. So that's a concern. Inflation's still a concern. It's still over 6%. And the geopolitical unrest that we have, and I think the president's been doing a yeoman's job trying to talk to Putin and calm things down to let him know where we are. So these are all challenges, guys, and this is all expensive challenges. So an unnamed uh, Senate Democrat actually told the Hill the current pauses necessary to progress with the 1.75 Build Back Better bill. And they indicated that the final product will likely look much different than the version that Manchin killed back in December. Well, the feds are looking at the possibility of funding another COVID-19 stimulus package to the, to the tune of $68 billion. Now, these monies would be earmarked to help places like restaurants, gyms, and small businesses through the Omicron surge, including minor league teams. Now, folks are reportedly being led by Senators Ben Cardin. He's a Dem out of Maryland and Roger Wicker, a Republican from Mississippi. The bill likely to include a mix of new spending dollars and repurposed unused cash from previous relief measures. There were nearly 830,000 new COVID-19 infections reported in the U.S. on Monday. Well, down in Virginia, Democratic Governor Northam is being slammed for blaming incredibly unusual snow and ice, as well as drivers for hundreds of motorists getting stranded for more than 24 hours on I-95. He is also facing criticism for failing to deploy the National Guard. So Northam defended his decision, though, not to activate the Guard or to declare a state of emergency. Things were going fairly well until after midnight, uh, and then the, the deep freeze, as you all know, occurred and re- really just turned everything that was on the interstate into ice. We'll, we'll look at this after the fact, Cam, and see if there are things that we should have done differently. We, we always do that. So I-95 became impassable Monday morning after six tractor trailers jackknife, triggering a chain reaction. A day-long pileup resulted along 50 miles of I-95 south of D.C. There were no reported deaths or injuries, luckily. I-95 didn't open back up till uh, late Tuesday night, about 9.30. Well, major U.S. corporations are looking to uh, quietly restore ties with Republicans who objected to certifying the 2020 election results following the January 6th riots. They believe that they can't afford to burn bridges with the party that has favored to win the House in the 2022 midterms. Companies that froze PAC donations to the Republican objectors were now with outrage from GOP leaders, prompting many to reverse or soften their stance. Many firms are preparing now to resume giving this year, according to lobbyists at corporations and K Street firms. Now, according to a report released by liberal watchdog group Accountable.us, in total, corporations and trade groups have already made more than $8 million in PAC donations to GOP objectors re-election campaigns since last year's capital attack. A terrible tragedy to tell you about this morning. It happened in Philadelphia. Terrible, terrible, deadly fire in Philadelphia. 13 people are reported dead now among them. Seven children after a fire tore through a Philadelphia Housing Authority building. Officials say this tragic fire began around 6.30 a.m. yesterday in the Fairmont neighborhood of that city. And most of those killed, unfortunately, on the second and third floors there. Fire had erupted on the second floor, spreading upwards. And here is Mayor Jim Kenney. 
This is, without a doubt, one of the most tragic days in our city's history. Losing so many people in such a tragic way. Um, but there's much more to say than please keep all these folks, and especially these children, in your prayers. It's losing so many kids. It's just devastating. So eight people were rescued. The cause of the fire unknown and four smoke detectors in the building did not sound. So an investigation underway there. All right. WABC time check is 545 and Justin Ellick is back in the house with a look at sports. Thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. The Nets were in Indiana last night to take on the Pacers. A familiar face returned to action and helped propel the Nets to victory. A star point guard, Kyrie Irving, made his season debut to the tune of 22 points on 9-for-17 shooting. Irving missed the Nets' first 35 games due to not being vaccinated. The 29-year-old still has yet to get the jab, but will continue to play exclusively in road games for the Nets moving forward. The Knicks caught a breather last night, but welcomed the Boston Celtics to town this evening. That tip is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Let's move over to ice hockey, where both the Devils and Rangers were off last night. The Devils will be back in New Jersey tonight at 7 p.m. for their matchup with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the Rangers are in Vegas getting ready for their 10 p.m. Eastern time face-off with the Golden Knights. Some news from that developing Antonio Brown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers story. As Brown released a lengthy statement yesterday telling his side of the story, the veteran whiteout is claiming that he was forced to play through an ankle injury that will require surgery. Brown's statements have some merit, as an MRI on Monday revealed broken bone fragments, a ligament torn from the bone, and cartilage loss. The now free agent also accused the Buccaneers of mischaracterizing his outburst on the field as a mental health issue rather than a refusal to play due to pain. We'll see if the Buccaneers feel a need to respond to Brown's statements in the near future. The Australian Open is set to begin on January 17th, and perhaps tennis's biggest star may not be in attendance. Novak Djokovic was denied entry into Australia yesterday because he failed to meet the requirements for an exemption to COVID-19 vaccination rules. The top-ranked men's tennis player in the world has launched a challenge in Australia's federal circuit court, but his hearing has been adjourned until Monday. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. And back in the house with our traffic report is none other. Feeling a bit under the weather, but he's here. Joe Nolan. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm in the house, so I'm not going anywhere. I'm not bothering anybody. So I figure if I'm upright and respirating, I might as well try to get on the radio. <laughs> as long as you're vertical, Joe. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Westbound on the Bell Parkway. Coming into Bell Parkway, again, that ramp restriction there, an accident. That's in the process of being cleared. Then further on back, right around Peninsula Boulevard, an accident being cleared. Now, Route 46 eastbound coming into 5th Street. All lanes are closed there. Again, that accident continues. It's still in the process of being cleared. Mass Transit seems to be in pretty good shape, at least so far. And all side once again today is suspended. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, thanks, John. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny day today. Our highest 38. Now, we might see a little bit of snow overnight, maybe one to two inches. There's a 90% chance of precipitation. So pretty likely this will happen. The overnight low is 26 right now in the low 30s. So bundle up. All right, Frank Diaz is here with a look at your business report. Morning, Frank. Dev, sorry, I was trying to fix my headphones there. You know, I'd like to say that, uh, what is it, Frank Morano's, uh, I call it Frank Morano's Pizza Party, and now we got Frank Diaz's Money Madness. No, that's, that's a horrible name for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not all, all business, of course, not always about money. That's not, no, not always, but there's, you know, money, business, 
uh, cars. I don't know. You know, the, 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 everything that affects your wallet, essentially. So. U.S. stock futures muted early morning trading Thursday after the uh, U.S. stock averages fell sharply in the first losing regular trading session of the year. Futures in the Dow Jones shed about six points or 0.02%. The S&P 500 actually went higher up to 0.05%. The Nasdaq 100 futures gained about 0.02%. Minutes from the Federal Reserve's December meeting revealed that the central bank discussed reducing its balance sheet in another move to aggressively dial back its pandemic-era easy monetary policy. Well, the IRS is cracking down on payments made through third-party apps requiring platforms like Venmo, PayPal, and Cash App to report transactions if they exceed $600 in one year. You know, many people use those apps with small businesses like tattoo artists or people who uh, sell, you know, uh, little tchotchkes out of their house or something like that. The new reporting requirement will ensure that small businesses that receive payments through those apps are paying their fair share in taxes on them. Beginning January 1st of this year, third-party payment processes were required to report the transactions, though businesses were not always required to self-report such incomes to the IRS because obviously the numbers were too low. Many often didn't keep the record of the smaller transactions. Payment apps are exclusively required to send users 1099k forms if their gross income exceeded about $20,000 or if they had more than 200 transactions a year. Well, the extensive music catalog of uh, David Bowie, uh, Ziggy Stardust himself, stretching from the late 60s to just before his death in 2016, has been sold to Warner Chapel Music. More than 400 songs, among them hits like Ziggy Stardust, Fame, and Space Oddity. And 26 studio albums released during his lifetime. His posthumous studio album release, Toy. Two studio albums from his supergroup Tin Machine, as well as tracks released as singles from soundtracks and other projects are included. Financial details of the sale weren't really released, so we don't know how much it was, but I'm going to assume it was a couple hundred million dollars. Warner Chapel is the music publishing wing of Warner Music Group Corp. If you remember, the boss, Bruce Springsteen, sold his catalog to Sony Music last month for a reported $500 million, and I remember Joe Nolan was pretty excited about that. Among others have sold their catalogs in recent years, either part or in its entirety, Bob Dylan, Neil Young. Stevie Nicks, a lot of heavy hitters. I'm Frank Diaz, and that is your business. All right. Thanks, Frank. Uh, We've got some uh, new news about New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, wondering if he's breaking his campaign promise to fight and reduce crime. Uh, But first, your weather from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny day today, up to 38. Now, snow in the forecast overnight, a 90% chance of precipitation comes along after 1 a.m., about 1 to 2 inches below 26. So, yeah, Mayor Eric Adams in the news. He's come out and supported the city's new DA, Alvin Bragg's new policies. Now, what Bragg has done is order staff not to seek prison for most crimes and to downgrade felony charges in armed robberies and drug dealing. Here's Adams. Believe that he's going to be a good district attorney and I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with him as we build out uh, what we need to do around public safety so that we're all on the same page. And so I I think that he's focused on doing that. And I think he's on team public safety. And with record crime here in the city and, of course, calls for bail reform, this whole thing controversial, Bragg issuing a sweeping memo on Monday seeking prison time for homicide and a limited number of other charges. He's vowing, though, to downgrade many felonies. Now, that includes cases of things like armed robbery and refusing to prosecute many low-level offenders. More on Bragg's new policies, Manhattan shopkeepers are weighing in, expressing fear and anger that 
These new policies will serve to embolden criminals. And that, of course, would put these shop owners and business owners in harm's way. Matt Awade is owner of a clothing and food store in Harlem. He told the New York Post he and others believe this is a very serious and dangerous situation. The other businesses here you were just mentioning, why did they close? No, they, 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 no, they closed because it's too early. They open later. Later when they open, but early, no. And why don't they open early? Because, you know, if they, they slow that, the people come attacking for nothing. So they're scared. Yes, that's why we get scared. Now, Bragg, in that policy memo that he issued to his office Monday, argued that reserving incarceration for matters involving significant harm will actually make us safer. His office will halt prosecution of several nonviolent crimes. Now, that includes fair beating, trespassing, resisting arrest, and interfering with cops, unless they're all part of a larger felony case. A man who lost his dad in a New York nursing home due to COVID-19 policies under disgraced New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is now slamming the Manhattan DA for deciding to drop its probe into the disgraced governor. What I would say to the new DA is start out with, Why was the strategy of the Cuomo administration to send positive patients to nursing homes as the only strategy rather than the absolute last? So that's Peter Arbini. He appeared on Fox and Friends yesterday. Now, former DA Cyrus Vance Jr. was actually the person who dropped this investigation on his last day in office. New DA Alvin Bragg has actually not commented on it. Fox News senior meteorologist Janice Dean lost her in-laws in a nursing home that was impacted by New York's order. And she thinks that there was a deal made before Governor Cuomo resigned. Oh, more on the love, Gov. Two of former Governor Cuomo's accusers are reacting to the dropping of that inappropriate touching charge. That was made by ex-staffer Brittany Camisso. Now, the charge actually dropped by the Albany County District Attorney's Office. Now, fellow Cuomo accusers Alyssa McGrath and Virginia Lamitas said that through their attorney that while they are disappointed in the outcome, they're not surprised. Here's part of McGrath's testimony where she alleges a toxic work environment in the governor's office under the Cuomo administration. On the one hand, he makes all this inappropriate and creepy behavior normal and like you should not complain. On the other hand, you see people get punished and screamed at if you do anything where you disagree with him or his top aides. I really just wanted to go to work and be recognized for my work and nothing else. So Cuomo has denied all these uh, allegations of ever inappropriately uh, behaving or touching anybody. Now, according to the New York Times, McGrath, who was a former administrative assistant in Cuomo's office, alleged that the former governor called her and another co-worker, Mingo Mamas, asked about her lack of a wedding ring, even looked down her shirt and did things like quiz her about her marital status and even kissed her on the forehead. A highly controversial bill which would actually wind up extending voting rights to non-citizens in New York City may not see the light of day after all. Republicans have threatened a lawsuit. Now, New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, says he's not ruling out a veto of that bill. He only has till Saturday to do so. The bill, though, would, uh, if it were to pass, would allow roughly 800,000 green card holders and immigrants with certain work visas to vote in local municipal elections here in the city. Now, if passed the New York City Council back on December 9th by a vote of 33 to 14. 
by a vote of 33 in the affirmative, 14 in the negative, and two abstentions. Intro 1867A is hereby adopted. Congratulations, Councilmember Rodriguez. Now, under former Mayor Bill de Blasio, the bill was never actually signed into law, despite the fact that it did pass the council, as you just heard there. Now, a council bill automatically becomes law, if you don't know, 30 days after passage, unless a mayor vetoes it. So under that timeline, New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, has just till this Saturday to veto it. New Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman plans to turn up the heat on New York state lawmakers to axe that controversial law that eliminated cash bail for certain crimes. He's a Republican, and Blakeman said during his inaugural address as Nassau's top official that he will join with new DA and Donnelly and law enforcement officials to turn up the heat on Democrats who, of course, control the state legislature to repeal the Bail Reform Act. I will be happy to join with our new district attorney, Annie Donnelly, and our law enforcement professionals to go to Albany and demand the repeal of the Bail Reform Act. So, of course, Donnelly beat State Senator Todd Kaminsky, a former federal prosecutor, by 20 percentage points in the Nassau DA's race. Of course, multiple calls for bail reform as crime is at record levels here in New York City. Well, there may be a possible mistrial in the Gislaine Maxwell case. Of course, she was found guilty last week in Brooklyn Federal Court. Defense attorneys for Maxwell say they have grounds for a mistrial. Scotty David was a juror in the trial. He was one of 12 men and women who convicted Maxwell on five of the six counts of sex trafficking for the late Jeffrey Epstein, her ex. Now, Scott revealed in an interview with the Daily Mail that he has a history of being sexually abused and said that it did not affect his ability to view Maxwell as innocent till proven guilty. So question 48 in the juror form document specifically asks if a potential juror has been a victim of sex abuse. Here's David speaking to the Daily Mail. In not really knowing much, but now after what all I've learned, she's just as guilty as Epstein. She's also, I don't want to call her a monster, um, a predator is the right word. All right, so now the U.S. Attorney launching an investigation into David. 77 WABC Time Check 558. Time for a look at the roads and the rails with Joe Nolan. Well, again, good morning, Deb. Good morning, everybody. Southern State on the westbound side, the ramp to the northbound Cross Island. There's an accident. Again, the right lane going to be out of service as you get through there. Eastbound on Route 46 coming into Fifth Street in Elmwood Park. There's an accident. Also, you've got a problem now on the westbound LIE service road coming up to Nichols Road. Apparently an accident. That's in the left lane and now also a new one. Westbound, make that southbound on the Wanta getting onto the westbound Southern State. Apparently there's uh, some ice there on the roadway. And as a result, uh, you've got an accident and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are suspended. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio, 77 WABC. Thanks, Joe. 77 WABC Time Check 559. Another look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Pretty nice day today. Mostly sunny skies are high near 38, but the wind chill will make it feel even colder between 25 and 35 degrees. Now look for snow tonight. It comes along mainly after 1 a.m. Predictions are for 1 to 2 inches of snow with a 90% chance of precipitation. The low down around 26 right now in the low 30s. With your 77 WABC Early News, I'm Deb Valentine. Be back with us tomorrow morning here at 77 WABC.